you want to follow along with me, uh, open up to Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. If you want to continue to follow with me, I'm going to be reading now from 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 17. And in the spring of that year, the time when the kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel. And they ravaged the Ammonites, and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is it not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him and lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from the uncleanliness. Then she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. And Uriah went out of the king's house and followed him a, a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. When they told David... Uriah did not go down to his house. David said to Uriah, Have you not come from a long journey? Why did you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, The ark in Israel and Judah dwell in booths. And my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camping in the open field. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife as you live and as your soul lives? I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, Remain here today also and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. And David invited him. 
and he ate in his presence and drank, so that he made him drunk. And in the evening he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And the letter he wrote, set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting, and then draw back from him, that he may be struck down and die. And as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew there were valiant men. And the men of the city came out and followed Joab, and some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. Next read, I'm going to be in uh, John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teach, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Continuing on in chapter 8, starting at verse 39. They answered him, Abram is our father, Jesus said to them. If you were Abram's children, you would not be doing the works Abram did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did, they said to him. We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. So, There's, uh, when we go through classes, we get taught, you know, how to, how to conduct classes, you know, in, in the army. They basically try to teach you how to teach, right? And uh, one of the, the parts of that, and it, it's a valuable, I guess I'd say skill to acquire, because I think it is a skill because it goes against human nature, and that's something called active listening. Active listening. It's a real simple concept, and that is, if another person is speaking to you, you don't think about what you're about to say back to them. You listen to what they're saying. We 
because when you're thinking about what you're going to say back, you're not thinking about what they're saying, so you're about to make an uninformed statement back to them. Because you've shut out what they're doing. Regardless of what people say, our brains do not multitask. They're not capable of it. You can do multiple things at once, but something has to get dropped. Something, something is going to fall by the wayside. Something is not going to sink in. And think about it. You know, especially in, in, in when we have Bible classes or through sermons, when, when Lee's up here uh, teaching, uh, you know, even when you're, you're listening to the radio, how often do you have thoughts run through your head about how you would answer this question or what you would say or what you're thinking at that moment? It's natural. It happens. I do it all the time, right? So you have to make a, a, a concerted effort to stop thinking and listen. That was an issue that the... Uh, nation of Israel had through its entire existence is that it seemed almost completely incapable of listening. God would say to do something. A few of them would shake their heads up and down, go through the motions, but then the majority of them who had the same information, who apparently had been taught that by somebody telling them, this is what we need to do, thought, well, we can do it this way. <laughs> I've got a better idea. Now, we're, we're studying in the morning class on the book of Acts, and we talked this morning about the uh, stubbornness that the Jews had. And part of it was the, the same thing we're affected by, and that is, well, that's how I've been raised. That's how I've always done it. That's, what it, that's how my, my thinking is, you know, specifically to the church. Um, so not only, A, does that have to be right, but I'm right and, and you're wrong and there's no possible way ever you're going to convince me of that. So I'm going to stop listening. And I will argue with you to the end of time because you're wrong. And the Jews seem to be in this mindset as well. This John 8, where we have, you know, the woman caught in adultery. Well, this is a very popular passage, right? Uh, in the Old Testament, there was a law about this. The, the Jewish people knew that law, and that law was that she was to be stoned. She was to be put to death for doing what she did. Now, they're trying to find verse 6 that they might have some charge to bring against him and Jesus writes in the, in the sand we don't know what he wrote, it doesn't matter the, where the, the Bible doesn't say so we don't need to worry about it, that's not the point but the point is is that he spoke the truth to him and that truth was let him who is without sin cast the first stone Now, they, at that moment, other than, than God was telling them something that had a lot to do with it, but they listened. At that point in, in their lives, regardless of how 
zealous they were to the point of they were about to stone another human being because they, they thought they needed to. <clears throat> but they listened. And what they listened to was Christ telling them, you have sinned. You're a sinner. You're as guilty as this adulterous woman. You've done things too that, that, that according to the law, you should be put to death. But things had, had changed. God didn't change. God just fulfilled his word, and he's fulfilling his word at this moment, that that's not the way that, that, that Christianity is going to work. That's not what we're going to do from this point on. So those first two passages I read just, just simply to kind of give us an idea of, of you know, we, we have the Old Testament to show us, you know, where we were, where we're going, where we're at. There were consequences for actions. We still have that today. There are major consequences for actions. And uh, the first case with uh, Abraham and Sarah, they, he was promised a great nation. He got impatient and then decided, well, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out. But I know God said this, but we didn't, you know, we listened, but we got it. And the result of that was a son that ended up having to be cast out in which God said he will be a wild man. And, and that's a whole different study on its own and where that led to from here. But the consequences were incredible, incredible. An entire nation of people that were going to be a pain in the butt from there till eternity because of their mistake. At that time, did God say, you know what, you messed up, Abraham, that's it, I'm going to have to go find another, you know, I'm going to have to, I guess I'll go through the Persians to be my chosen people. No. God knew in his plan that he had to have that situation there, otherwise he would not have allowed it to happen. So then we move to the situation with David. This was not a small mistake. David is known as a, 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 a God says he's a man by his own heart, Right? But David didn't just have a, uh, a, a drinking problem and slip and take a drink. David didn't just uh, cut somebody off and, and, and have a slip and start uh, using the worst language you can imagine. David saw another woman, was tempted by her, ended up getting her pregnant, then tried to cover it up, couldn't do that, so instead the best option for him was, well, I'll have the guy murdered. And not only does he do that, but he gives the guy that went with him to carry the, or he gives him the letter to carry back to the, uh, the commander to say, hey, put me on the front line in an area where you know I'm going to die. David did that. How many times do we read the stories about, about these people and, and we, uh, we set them up, we, we make them to be something that they aren't? David was not Christ. He was used by God. He was a man. He was a man that made a mistake that cost the life of another human being. His kid. He had to pay the price for it, but that price was still death. 
it costs somebody's life. This, the, the point I'm trying to make is this wasn't an oops. This wasn't a, uh-oh, I stumbled. No, this was a, something that had long-lasting consequences for, uh, for uh, uh, her, for the kid, for um, that, the, the uh, having a uh, mind slip here, but for everybody involved and, and the family of everybody involved. Um, long-lasting implications. Did God say at that point, well, David, uh, you, you messed up big this time. You got people killed. I'm done with you. Did it end? Was that it? End of the Bible? Terrible ending? God's plan didn't work out? No. The, the Bible and all of these stories that we read and we go over and they become just something else to study and it's just something we, we have to understand what these things mean. David got somebody pregnant and killed her husband so that way he could cover it up. Think about it. Think about it. If you met somebody today in 2017 and they came up to you and they said, yeah, I I did this really bad thing. I got my neighbor's wife pregnant and then to cover it up, I had him killed and uh, I'm about to go to prison you would not want to have anything to do with that person. You wouldn't. You would get away from them. You would not talk to them. You wouldn't want to be anywhere associated with that person, right? David did it. And after God's own heart did it. So then who are we to do that to somebody else? Who are we to have those feelings about other people? Again, a natural feeling. It's our natural instinct when somebody does something to have, somebody does something negative, your first thought is to have a negative reaction. God says that we have to control our tongue. He understands that we cannot control our brain. We can get it in control, but we do have control about the little connection that goes from here to here to stop all the dumb stuff that you're thinking. You're thinking. But we do it. Everybody does it. it, it, it it's, it's something we all do. But why? Why? We talk all the time. We study all the time. We, we get all these, these good things about who we are and how we're so different from the world and how this church does it this way and that church does it that way. When we don't keep our eye on things that that should be as simple as not casting the first stone. I just, it blows my mind to think about when you really put it in a modern context about what David did. Think about what Abraham did. We would turn that person away too. We would not want anything to do with that person. He did what? 
well, supposed to have a kid, couldn't do it. Got old person over here pregnant, but then my wife did get pregnant, so I kicked them both out and told them, hey, good luck. After a beating, of course, you know, that's what happened here. We wouldn't want anything to do with that person. So, here in uh, John chapter 8, at verse 39, and through the end of 45 in the, in the reading, the Jews have this issue. This, what, what, what Christ is talking about here is this issue that was in response as to what happened with the adulterous woman. They were about to kill her. Christ said, ye without sin, cast the first stone. They didn't do it. He didn't condemn her. And he said, go on and sin no more. Did he say, sorry, you're going to hell. I saved you this time, but I'm done with you. No, he didn't do that. He didn't do that with David. He didn't do that with Abraham. And he didn't do that with, with, with uh, anybody who did what they were supposed to. And it's simple because it flat out says here in verse 45, but because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. So Christ says, this is the truth. This is my word. You need to follow my word. If you don't follow my word, it's because you don't believe me. It's because you didn't listen. And your father's the devil. Your father is the devil. You are not of me. That is the, 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 the ultimate part of the, the uh, depart from me. You practice lawlessness for I never knew you because your father was the devil. Over something so simple. And what was that simple thing they were doing? That person's wrong. That person did it. That person's guilty. Kill that person. It's, it's, it's them. Christ says we're not doing it anymore. He says, you without sin cast the first stone. She gets her repentance. We have to make sure that we have that same mindset. We need to make sure that we don't get fellowship conflicted with how we are to care for other people. How we, how we are to view people who are in a position that need help. David probably needed help at that moment before he did what he did and killed his friend. The adulterous woman needed help at that moment. Turned her life around, right? The, what turned her life around was the truth. All you can do is Give them that truth. So, the point of it is, is that, that we need to make sure, first, above all, we, we all say family first, right? Family first. We're a family. We need to make sure that we're taking care of our family, us. We need to make sure that we're okay. We do a good job of that. But, but we need to... to really keep track on that and not let our interpretations of what truth is cause us to have damnation because we are set and that's the way we've always done it that's the way I've always done it so 
and you're gonna, that's the way I've always done it, straight to hell for yourself. It's the truth. And if you don't believe me, read verses 31 through 45 of John chapter eight, 800 times or however many times it takes to realize that check what's coming out of your mouth because it will damn you. Check how you are interacting with each other because it will damn you. Stop putting ourselves above each other. We're good about it here. I'm just saying it's something we've got to keep in our minds. Because we're not always going to be good about it. Not always. It's going to come up. It's just come up. We like to call each other a family until something happens. And then it's, a, well, I mean, we're pretty close. But uh, uh, did you hear what they did? Eesh. Disfellowship. So that person that, that, that had the problem, why in the world would they answer the call at the end of the service to come forward? Why would you? Be crazy too. Not just have the, 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 the nervousness it takes to begin with to come forward and say I messed up, but why would you do that if you're in an environment fostered by David got somebody pregnant, right? We've had that happen. God didn't turn away. Who are we? And we will answer for that. We will answer for everything we've ever done. We'll answer for everything that comes out of our mouths. So y'all know, y'all know me. Y'all know I, I, uh, uh, whenever I do get an opportunity, which I appreciate too, uh, bring a lesson, um, I like it to be, you know, pertinent, something that, that, that's stuck in my head, you know, or something I can go on on about. Uh, it may go a little lower, but that's all right. You know, uh, talking to Lee this week, every year at this time I have a, a very, very uh, difficult time um, from basically October through December. There are a lot of significant events that took place, you know, overseas with me. Um, that was really the beginning of shaping who I am today. Now, you know, I've been talking to, to Leah a lot this week about it, and and Christy and everything. That it's not something that's ever going to change but it's something that I can work on every year and grow on and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes it's going to be bad. Sometimes it's going to be good. And I'd like to, to say that, that uh, things are getting better. Are you crying? Okay. You know, this, uh, this time around, you know, I didn't run off to San Antonio to go think I need to see another doctor and do all that stuff. Stuck it out. And I also had to... to uh, I sat down with Christy for six hours to talk about things that I would never have told another human in my life. But figured, well, I guess so. She was asking for it for 10 years, right? 
closing on 10 years. 10 years asking, you know, why you like this? Why you do that? Why you do that? So I figured, all right, six hours later, there it is. Uh, now, I like trying to take the positives from everything, right? That's a positive thing, something we can all move on, hold hands, everything's great, right? No. I mean, it's still difficult. Things are tough. Um, and everyone knows we're, we're, we're starting this process here at the church, which is a great process, that we're, we're, we're working on putting in elders. We've been doing this for like a year, I guess. We did classes on it or whatnot. So uh, we get together in our men's meetings, and we, uh, I would like to say mostly through love, we, we hash things out. But it's all right. Uh, so, you all know, two weeks ago, my intention was to say, yes, you know, I'll, I'll throw my name in. I'm humbled that, that people have, have, have mentioned me in this and that. I only say that to say this, that that's fine. And I said this to mean then, if folks did not have reservations about who Jim Raines is, then, then we have a problem to begin with because it is a very big responsibility, which I am fine if I don't do. And, and like I said, I'll still be here on Sunday. I'll still be eager to teach. I'll still be able to do whatever. And, and the point of doing that was maybe to help encourage some other folks to, to you know, because we're ready. That's the point. We're ready. Whether we like to think so or not. So, it doesn't matter. We all have garbage in our past. Every one of us. And if you want to know mine, I'll tell you. I've mentioned a whole lot of it from standing right up here. That's why I also talk about active listening. Because it kind of, some things came back that I thought, well, I'm basically repeating myself. But I don't have a problem with it. And that's one of the things I've learned with my condition, which, yeah, causes me to be a little crazy sometimes. That's okay. It's okay with me. That's why it's okay for whatever the outcome is. It doesn't matter. In the end, it doesn't have anything to do with my salvation. It doesn't have anything to do with your salvation. What does matter in between those two things when they meet is how we're treating each other. That's it. If we keep that, we remember at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about all that as long as we're loving each other and we're keeping with what the word says. We are going to be great. We are great. This church is the only reason why we stayed in this part of the world. We're both from Texas. That is a testament to the people here at this church. We're only where we are now because of this church. And, and, and you know, with you've just started coming here, you're new or visiting, give it a minute, it'll set in, and it's a great place. But we always want to keep working. We always want to keep our focus on what we need to do to get better, which is what we're doing. And it'll eventually happen, and it'll be fine. But nobody's feelings, you know, are going to get hurt. You're not going to hurt mine. I promise you that. Um, I just don't get upset about things. I do, but I keep them in, keep my mouth shut. Sometimes I've got to think about it for two weeks. Make 
shall calm down. That's natural. That's all right, too. But we're doing great. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong. It's nothing but positive. We had a great, great uh, breakfast yesterday morning, and then we're, we're going to go have some fellowship tonight. And uh, I think we're right where we need to be with everything going on in this church. And uh, so that end part there was just let me get my little two cents in about that. Um, going back to let ye without sin cast the first stone. Pretty sure everybody in here has been baptized. It's, it's no age uh, for the most part. We do offer invitation at the end of every service. That invitation is designed for if one of our family members made a mistake, hopefully didn't get your neighbor pregnant and kill her husband, can deal with that too. We can do it. They did it in the Bible. We can do it here. That's an example for us. Anything up to and including uh, adultery and murder, we can take care of. You know, that's what we're here for. So if anybody has a need at this time, whether that is to be baptized for remission of sins, to be a member of, of Christ's church, or uh, if you have something you just got to get off your chest and center or whatnot, we offer uh, an opportunity to do so now as we stand and sing. <laughs>